0: Um, I want to talk to you today, uh, and this is going to be a really brief message, but I want to give you the kind of the backdrop for where we 're going over the next several weeks. This series is entitled "Story." The idea behind it is that um, i don 't know if you 've ever heard this or not, but some of us have heard it i 'm sure I know that I have, and I, I love it um, but have you ever heard the the phrase that history is just his story being written in real life? History is just His story, God's story, being written in real life. Well, I just want you to know that I, I, I love that. And I believe, biblically, you can find some, uh, some, some real meaty passages that will help you believe with me that there's a, there's a lot of truth to the statement. If you were to look in the New Testament in Colossians chapter 1, you don't have to turn there. Let me read this to you. Uh, actually, I think we've got a slide for it, don't we? Colossians chapter 1. I've, I, I wanted to show this to you from the message, Eugene Peterson's contemporary translation of the Bible. He, he put it like this, and I, I really love this. He says, we look at this son, and he's referring to Jesus, and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son, and we see God's original purpose in everything he created for everything absolutely everything above and below visible and invisible rank after rank after rank of angels everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him he was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment and when it comes to the church he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything and everyone. That's the Apostle Paul. Then in the Old Testament, there's a verse that I love. This would be a great memory verse for anybody. I want to encourage you, put this verse in Jeremiah uh, to heart. And I assure you there will be moments in your life when you're going to find this will really give you some strength. But in this passage, the, the, old Testament prophet Jeremiah says, for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. He says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. You see how many times the Lord is telling Jeremiah, the prophet, to tell the people of Israel, that's who he's speaking with there, he's speaking to the people of Israel, I have plans. I just want everybody to know that God has plans and he works according to those plans. And those plans include me and they include you. I just want to uh, encourage you today, uh, it would be really beneficial for you to start looking at the world as God's story unraveling. God's story, uh, not unraveling in a healthy way, but just rolling out. It's the rolling out of God's story. It's being written in real time. Think about that for just a second. There's a a quote, um, if I'm being honest, when I was in high school, I was listening more to Run DMC than I was reading Shakespeare. Uh, But there is a Shakespeare quote uh, that says, all the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. Have you all heard that before? That's a great quote, isn't it? I, I, it's a very poetic way of saying the same thing I've been saying. Uh, there's a, a, an actor named Kelsey Grammer. He's famous from being Fraser Crane on television. He's won every kind of award, I think, except for an Oscar. He's won Grammys and Emmys and Tony Awards, stuff I don't even know about. He's had success in a very real way in the world. And Kelsey Grammer has recently been on the interview tour for his movie that he's in right now called The Jesus Revolution. And in The Jesus Revolution, he's playing a part of Pastor Chuck Smith. And Pastor Chuck Smith was a a pastor during what was called the Jesus Movement. And this was a, I mean, this started in California, but it went nationwide. Really powerful. And it was in a time of rebellion. It was in a time of, of national division, all kinds of anxiety, uncertainty, all this kind of stuff, very similar to the day that we live in today. And it's funny, Kelsey Grammer in these interviews, he's been around and he's he's been doing the interviews and he's been saying that he is, gosh, he's just moved by this role because the day before he got the script sent to him, he was asking the question, does what I do as an actor really even matter? Does it matter? Is there any significance to being an actor? And lo and behold, he's asking that question, and then the next day he gets this script. And then he says, just out of nowhere, he's like, I knew then, this is my time. This is my time. Because it's not about his acting, it's about the story. He said that movement brought hope to individuals, and it brought hope of reconciliation to a country. I was like, wow. I love it. Look it up. You can see some of those interviews online. But I want you to know I believe, and LifePoint Hampton Roads believes, every single person has a part to play in the story of God. This series is going to be about your story being part of a larger story, which is the story of God. And I wanted to speak to your heart, I wanted to encourage you in deep deep places. And I want, for those of you that already know it and you're living it out, I want you to just feel the, the wind of God at your back and just run like you've never run before. For the young people, I want you to see things and believe things and just go crazy for Jesus. As they used to say, just like your hair on fire, kind of crazy. For those of us that are a little bit older than 40, uh, you know, I, I pray that we would, get, we would get our vision renewed, our strength renewed, Revitalized, and that we would know God's not done with us yet. And so that's my prayer, and that you can see yourself as an integral part to what God's doing in the world. So here's what I want to say three things, and I'm, I'm going to do this in eight minutes. Are y'all ready? Eight minutes. Can I do it? Doubt it, but I'm going to give it a shot. Number one, I want to tell you everybody has a worldview. And, and what I mean by that is everybody's telling themselves a certain story in their mind. Whether you know it or not, everybody has a worldview. I'm gonna give you my definition. When I, and when I studied this, I have better definitions that are more technical, uh, but I'm gonna give you the Eddie Cole Cliff Notes definition, which is this, a worldview is the background story always present in a person's mind that informs the way they approach the world, and their own lives. Does anybody uh, experience life like me? There's always what's going on out here. Then there's always a conversation going on right there. We're all like that, right? Oh, help me here. (laughs) I'm not crazy. We all experience that. There's something going on here. There's a conversation going on. And that conversation in here, not what's out here, the conversation in here informs what we end up doing out here. That's what a worldview is. A worldview is that thing, that, that conversation that goes on in here. It's a set of, it's made up by a set of beliefs and values and stuff like that. And those things are the things provide, that provide the grid through which you interpret the world and then you make your decisions on what you're going to do about it. Does that make sense? Several of you got it and I'm, I'm okay with that. There are basically two ways that you can approach the world. And I, I, I want you to know it's, it's going to be either from a theistic point of view or a secular worldview. Theistic would mean that there is a God or gods. doesn't necessarily mean, have to mean the Christian God, the one that we worship here at LifePoint. But it's, it's a God that ultimately has set things in motion and ultimately who provides us truth and direction. And ultimately that we're all going to be accountable to one day. Okay, so that's a theistic worldview. A secular worldview doesn't believe that. There is, there's really in a secular worldview, it can be agnostic or purely atheist, but it just approaches the, the, the world by saying, listen, this is by chance, there's no proof that there's going to be any, you know, any right or wrong, or there's going to be any judgment for what we do, right or wrong. We just all do the best we can. That can show itself In uh, relativism, saying there's no such thing as truth. It could show itself in materialism. That basic theme is, I, I just want more. The one that dies with the most toys wins. Then there's hedonism, which is all about feeling good. There are different variations of the person that's going to have a secular worldview, but there's basically two of those. Now here's the thing that I want you to know, the way you view the world matters greatly. I I have recently gotten used to wearing my glasses more. And I, I am having to do that born out of a little bit of pain. I have scars. I have bumps and bruises and scratches on my body and on my bumper in my car. And those things tell me that I really need to be wearing my glasses at all times. You following me? Glasses, the way I view the world, matters. Right now, I mean, this is like, this is great. This right here, I really see you now. It's a different experience. You all have, you know, even if you don't wear glasses, you know, if you look through a microscope, you see little tiny things much, much larger. If you look through a telescope, you see things that are way off, like they're closer. Uh, If you, if you. Are not used to scientific instruments or glasses. Uh, you're, you've sat in a car and you've doubtless looked out of a car windshield and you know what's happening when there's rain. You've got to have it cleared off. You know what's happening. Have you ever had that, a moment happen when you are in your car and you, you hit defrost and somehow or another defrost means make it worse fast. You ever had that happen? I'm like, for the love of God, how does I'm going to kill somebody? I, I'm I'm trying to clean my window and I can't see anything now. You know, you want to like, I, I li- when I lived in New York, we had two black cars and it was an ongoing joke with me. We had a a black sedan and we had a black SUV and I kid you not, those birds loved those cars. <laughs> those cars were targets all the time. It was awful. I remember one day I, I went out. We had been away for about a week. And I go out, I get in there, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I couldn't hardly see out of my windshield. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm so upset. I'm like, what? No, I, I'm rushed. I'm late. And I can't even hardly see. I'm like, this is, and you know, my attitude starts. And I had this moment where it's like the Holy Spirit just grabbed me and said, <laughs> your, your outlook right now, This is kind of a metaphor for where your attitude is. (laughs) Y'all following me on that? I know some of you want me to say something inappropriate on a Sunday morning. I'm just going to say there was some there was bird dew on my front uh, on my windshield, and it was affecting the way my attitude was. I'm telling you right now, if you've got the if you can't see uh, if you can't see right, you know you're going to be limited. If you can't see right, I just want you to know you, you get bumps and bruises. I want you to know if you can't see right, you may not even make it where you think you're wanting to go. And that could be dangerous, even catastrophic. You need to have the right worldview is what I'm telling you. And for some of you, it may just be a matter of getting the windshield cleaned up. You got the right worldview. You just need to do a better job appropriating the worldview. Are you following me? I want you to know it's good to have a worldview. Here's the thing. Christians, we are invited to have a gospel-centered worldview. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Say it this way. The Apostle Paul says it this way, and I'm going I'm to lay this out in the weeks ahead, so I'm going I'm to uh, be very quick in how I explain this to you and we apply it. But when you read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to encourage you, by the mercy of God, let your mind be renewed. Take on a gospel-centered worldview. Everybody has a worldview. Everybody has a worldview like everybody has an opinion, like everybody has a belly button. Whether you think about it or not, it's there. Whether you pay attention to it or not, it's there. It's the thing that's affecting your life. I don't think your belly button is probably affecting your life much at all. But I will tell you, your worldview is affecting you a lot. <laughs> Pretty goofy, right? But it's true. Your worldview is affecting everything. It's affecting your attitude. It's affecting your ability to be a husband, a wife, a student, a good worker. Your worldview is literally affecting everything. And here's what the Lord invites you to. A gospel-centered worldview that's based on the mercy of God. Y'all following me? Why don't you look to the person next to you and say you should have a gospel-centered worldview. Those mercies... That he's talking about there are that, you know, sin came into the world. Paul addressed that early in Romans. Then he moved on and he said, But a Savior came and brought salvation. Then he moves on and says, We got this sin problem, but then God sent a Savior. That Savior is Jesus. But God didn't just send a Savior who would come and die and then go back to heaven, He sent the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who would be with us and in us. And I, he, he's with us to help us even now. And, and it's so powerful. We, we have help right now. The gospel doesn't end with Jesus going back to heaven and then one day returning to earth. Please listen to me. The gospel includes you have help right now. The gospel includes all the good news that God has given us through his son, Jesus. Part of that's the Holy Spirit. Part of that's the church, one another, his word, all these different things. By the mercies of God, by the mercies of God. Do you know that Romans chapter 8 verse 6 puts it this way, that to be carnally minded or to have a, 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 a secular worldview, to, to live like that, even if you're a Christian, if you're not living what the right worldview, a gospel centered worldview, Romans 8, 6 puts it this way, to be carnally minded, to have that worldview is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many of you would like a little more life and peace in your world? I'm going to tell you that what, that what I'm encouraging you to is not a worldview that says, man, if you accept Jesus and determine to follow Jesus, it's just going to get easy. You're going to tiptoe through the tulips, and man, you're going to, I mean, you're going to wake up in the morning saying amen. You're going to go get your coffee saying hallelujah. It's just going to be great. Your kids are going to mind you. For, I mean, your, your, your newborn is going to sleep all night. Your teenagers will not be defiant ever. You're not going to get sick. Allergies won't bother you. I would ne- I'm never going to lie to you if I can help it here at Life Point Church. <laughs> I'm never going to lie to you, all right? I'm especially never going to lie to you about this. Jesus never promised that life is going to be easy. The gospel doesn't promise life is gonna be easy, it doesn't at all. But here's what I do want you to know. Your amen can be to this. Your amen is that many are the afflictions of the righteous, many, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. That's your hallelujah. I'm gonna say that again because y'all need to get with me on this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, amen. It's coming. here's your hallelujah but the Lord will deliver us out of them all weeping may last for a night amen I know it's coming Lord weeping we, it's, if I live long at all I'm going to have moments where I'm weeping but here's my hallelujah joy shall come in the morning my amen says this I'm going to take up a cross and I'm going to follow Jesus but my hallelujah says this I will rise with Jesus in that final day my amen says that he looks at me and he says trouble is coming but my peace I leave with you and not as the world gives to you but my peace will never leave you never forsake you that's your hallelujah a gospel-centered worldview gives you peace when you shouldn't even have peace it gives you joy that is unshakable and full of glory can I just tell you, I want that so bad. I want that. How many of you want life and peace in your life? Then I want to encourage you. The only way you can get that consistently from a biblical perspective is with a gospel-centered worldview. Everybody's got a worldview. Christians have a, an imitation to a gospel-centered worldview. A gospel-centered worldview changes everything. Now, I told you I wouldn't lie to you, and then I backed up and said, I'm gonna try not to lie to you. It's because I already did. Because I went longer than I told you I was gonna go, didn't I? See, so I'm gonna be honest about my failures here. (laughs) Y'all forgive me, all right? Um, I want you to experience life. I want to experience it with you. And the way you can do that is with a gospel-centered worldview. It changes everything. See, the world right now would tell you that your worth is, it's not much. Not much. And that will affect the way you work in life. But Jesus shows you something totally different. Your worth is life and His blood. And your work, He says, I'll help you do it. You'll never be alone with a gospel-centered worldview. I want to encourage you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I hope today that I've introduced this topic of God's story. I'm not wanting to preach for this next few weeks on Worldview, but this, this provides the backdrop for every, everything I'm going to say in the weeks ahead. And it really gets into your story and it teaches you biblical principles for how to live your story in the best way possible. So I want you to come back Bring some people with you. Open your heart and mind. Let God do a fresh, fresh work in your heart. If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never surrendered to Him today, and you're like, man, I, I'm ready to do it, but I haven't, then I want to encourage you. If you're ready, pray this prayer with me. There is no magic to these words. None but a heartfelt prayer to the Lord will always be heard. So pray this with me if you want to give your heart to Christ today. Pray this with me. And now why don't everybody pray out loud together. Say, Dear Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus came and lived a perfect life and died a sacrificial death to pay the penalty for my sin. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. Help me to live for you from this point forward. Come into my heart and help me, Lord. Help me to live for you. Help me to have a biblical worldview. Thank you, Jesus for saving me heads bowed and eyes closed can I rejoice with you if you just gave your heart to Jesus for the first time you've never done that before and right now you just gave your heart to Jesus raise your hand let me see it amen amen anybody else promise you I won't embarrass you amen Well, Father God, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, that we have the gospel of Jesus Christ and we can move forward in faith with life and peace. Bless your people today, God. Bless us, bless us, bless us to be living a life filled with faith that if you would send your son to die on a cross for us, what would you withhold from us that we would need? And the answer is nothing. So Lord God, I pray that we would live like loved people. That we would live like people who have provision, who have everything that we need to do everything you've called us to do. May we live with confidence. May we live with joy. And may we live with a resilience that when we blow it, we get back up and we just keep right on at it. May we live in victory. May we not accept defeat. And Lord God, we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.